0: Well, so glad you're here this morning to dive into God's Word together and looking forward. This this, morning is the very last week, week 20 of our Ephesians series, so you're catching the very uh, last Sunday working through that and uh, uh, excited to dive into the text and standing here and looking out and seeing uh, John and Sandra here. They're heading to Hong Kong for a year. They're going to be missed. Those seats are up for auction for the next uh, 12 months if you're interested. But excited to be in God's Word, excited to dive into uh, this last section, just the last, uh, I guess that would be seven verses of uh, Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, verse 18. And we've been talking, uh, just to recap a little bit, in the book of Ephesians, first half of the book was primarily focused on our identity in Christ, who we are as sons and daughters of uh, of our Savior and who we are. Uh, just a wonderful section there. You can catch up on that online if you didn't get a chance to hear that. And then the second half we've been in have been moved a little bit more towards the practical. If this is true about our identity, how should we live in response to our new identity? And that's what we're in now is just moving through some of the different responses. Last week, specifically, uh, we looked at some of the tools and resources we have because the biggest change for those of us that are in Christ, is who is our boss? Who is our boss? No longer led by the flesh, now with the Spirit of God living inside of us, directing us, and he's given us some resources. You might remember last week we went through the, the whole armor of God. Here's a, a picture of that. We practically uh, walked through some of those different elements, the uh, breastplate, the shield, the, uh, the, the sword, and, and really what I'd suggest is we finished one item short of the complete set. John John paused and left one last item. And I would suggest you'll notice in our our bulletin, the title that I have for this morning is secret uh, weapon. And this is what I think is probably the most important piece of the item. And you can see from the picture there where I'm headed with this. There wasn't an equivalent in the the Roman uh, army or Roman soldier with that. But today, present day, The equipment, what I would suggest is the last item in the arsenal, if you will, would be the walkie talkie. The ability to call in for support. How many have you have seen a, a war movie or something where they they phone in to home base to either get uh support or some kind of of help. Like that's the the ultimate trump card for the US soldier is what the the ability to call home base and get firepower from above, right? And this is what our walkie-talkie in a sense does is it's the ability to talk to almighty God to bring our requests before him, and I'd suggest it's one of the most underutilized resources that we have in the life of a believer. We don't take advantage of it near as much as we should. So, this morning, we're going to dive into this section that really teaches us about prayer and how to utilize that best. Let me pray before we dive in. God, it's fitting that we're coming right now and asking for you to guide and direct this time as we talk about prayer. Because you're the source of it, you're the one that we're going to, you're the one on the other end of the walkie-talkie, the one that we can cast all of our cares before. And I ask that you'd stretch us this morning in our understanding of prayer, that this would not be my words, but it'd be directly from your word, that this wouldn't be for the person down the road, but you might even have a message for us specifically to stretch us and grow us in this area. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name, amen. So, Starting in chapter 6, we're in verse 18, and really, this, is a, this, this was a tough one this week because my tendency or my heart was to come up with 10 things that, I, that I've learned over the years about prayer, or these different values, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, nobody needs to hear my 10 suggestions about prayer. We're going to actually just look at what the text tells us about prayer. Is that fair? And see what God actually has to say about about prayer. Starting in verse 18, it says this, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. So this is the the call. We'll start with that initial phrase because there's a lot in that. This is the call for every single believer to pray at all times in the Spirit. Praying at all times. I don't know. This is where I become a little more authentic with you. I'm a fellow struggler in this. Whenever it talks about praying at all times or praying without ceasing, those are convicting passages, right? Like you, you think about when you, you've read that in, uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 7, pray without ceasing. You're like, how in the world do you have that kind of an ongoing prayer life? It's a challenge, but here's the thing that I want to make sure we're all clear on. It's not meant to be a guilt trip, it's an invitation into intimacy into ongoing fellowship with God. He loves us so much. He wants to be in constant communication with us. And so that, that's the invitation. It's not a guilt trip. It's an invitation into relationship and ongoing conversation like you would a close friend or somebody, a confidant. Here's the, the invitation is making sure we're clearing, clear on that. When it says without ceasing or praying at all times, it's the idea of what the same term that you'd use for somebody that has like a, a hacking cough. Have you ever been around somebody that has just like a, a cough that, that won't go away? It's not an issue of them coughing every single second of every single day. That's not the idea, but it's the it's the idea of that cough being constant and consistent or, or often. And that's the same picture for us. We should all be going to the Lord often, consistently, throughout our day, regardless of where our day takes us. Sometimes you wonder like, oh, okay, well, what, is that, what does that look like practically? What is a, a pray without ceasing? How, do, how does that carry into like a realistic, sustainable thing? Well, think about it just from a, a practical standpoint. Like as your, day, as your day moves along when you're dealing with some kind of temptation, you're asking for help. God, help me with this this area of temptation, when something good happens in your life, God, thank you so much for allowing that to happen. When, when you're like, th- this is the practicality that I'm talking about. When, when you see something beautiful, like on your, your drive, you're driving by the mountains or you're seeing some flowers and you're like, praise him. God, awesome job on that. Like you, that creation piece, you did a really nice, like th- this is this is the kind of interaction that he's talking about. When you see something evil or something that you know is outside of his will asking asking for him to to make that right to work in that situation when you're coming across somebody that you know doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ God break down the walls in their heart man draw them to yourself make yourself the magnet that you are in their life this is the kind of ongoing interaction. Oh man, I just heard about this person that is struggling in health. Asking God, please be the divine healer in that person's life. Those are the kinds of ongoing conversations. Man, I've got this tough decision to make. God, give me wisdom in this. Help direct me. Those kinds of ongoing conversations is what he's talking about with this walkie-talkie when he says praying at all times. And what makes that possible? is the next words there, in the Spirit, in the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit that's living inside of you, the Holy Spirit that's guiding and directing you, aligning your prayer with Him. It's not talking about something supernatural in the sense of like speaking in tongues in the Spirit. It's saying, man, with Him and His guidance and His direction in your life, sensitive to His promptings and leadings. I've noticed just even in my own life how that works is it's usually a nudge to do something or a nudge to stop doing something. Right? Anybody else notice that with the spirit moving in, in your life? The the nudge to, to do something is uh, is often there, but also the nudge not to do something. Yesterday, uh, my wife and I my wife and I uh, just moved into a, a new house this week, which was really exciting. We're super grateful to God for that. And uh, the, we had to return some betting. And uh, it was betting that we had purchased online, uh, but it was easy because they have a store also. And so you go back to the store, and the, the person that's there is the, at, at the return thing is explaining that, the, oh, the, the website is completely separate from the store. And I'm like, you guys have the same name. Like, yeah, like how, does that, how does that work? And so I'm starting to get a little snippy. And so I'm not, I'm not, that's the, the Christian way of grumpy, grouchy, whatever. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if it was the Holy Spirit nudging me or my wife kicking me in the shins, but I had to bring it down a couple of notches. Anybody have these conversations and bring it down and get it down to a level? And later on in the conversation, as she's saying, and sir, what, what, was, your, what was your email again? Scott at agorabible.org. And so you see, see God has these different promptings throughout your day. When you're praying in the Spirit, He's like, Hey, Scott, take it easy. You're going to blow your testimony here. Like, This is not going to go well if you keep elevating this. You see, that's the kind of praying in the Spirit where He's guiding, He's directing. I love that He even promises to pray for things for us, When we don't know what to say. This is such a cool verse in Romans. Romans 8.26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So awesome to learn that, even about how the Spirit operates in our life. Sometimes you're like... I don't really know what to pray for. Guess what? You have a resource and he wants to support you and pray for you. So, next time you're at a dinner and you're asked to pray and you're like, oh, I'm nervous, I don't know what to say, just, just sit there in silence. Be like, sorry, the Spirit's interceding for me. No, no, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But you get the idea. You get the idea that, that here the Spirit is a support and he calls us to what type of prayer? With all prayer and supplication looking those words up because I was trying to say like, well, what's the difference between prayer and supplication? Prayer, the idea is more of a general term and supplication moves from general to specific. And so he's inviting us to general conversation, to specific conversation. What I glean from that is this, this idea, he wants to be involved with all of it, everything that's going on in your life. Every, every concern, every thought. He's like, I, I just want to get, be pulled in. Like a, a good friend wants to be in the middle of everything going on in your life. That's what he invites us to. It's not a part way relationship. It's all the way in. This, for the Jewish audience at the time, they had daily prescribed times for prayer. This idea of an ongoing, continuing conversation was completely new to them. And for us, many of us, it's breaking us out of the norm too. Oh, I can I can include him in the whole day. That's the invitation, that's what he invites us into. So the frequency now the object of our prayer it says to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. Keep alert's the first thing that jumped out there. It's a uh, one of those things if you're like me or maybe running on empty. Anybody in a season, you kind of position yourself so that summertime, you're like, okay, summer, I finally get to catch my breath. Here, here's, here's a look at my uh, last week. So last week, we had Camp uh, ABF. Uh, no, 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 that's not the look. Well, hold on on that. Uh, so, so Camp, a- Camp ABF uh, all week was exhausting uh, week, rewarding week, taught three times at that Then uh, services last weekend, thank the Lord, John filled in. We moved on on Monday. We had four, uh, so we moved on Monday. On Wednesday, we had four interns from Johnny and friends moving in with our family for the summer, so they moved in. We had uh, had Friday or Thursday, Friday to prepare this sermon, so who knows what I'm going to have to say this morning. Uh, That was quick. We leave this afternoon right after I finish preaching for Mexico for a week of house building. Uh, down there. It's just been one of those stretches where you're just like, I'm running on empty. Anybody else? Is this an amen part of the sermon? Anybody else like that? And And so here's what he's calling us to. He's saying to them, to that end, keep alert. In other words, this takes some intentionality, this whole prayer thing. There has to be perseverance. Here's my my wife and I went to a conference a couple months back, and that's a picture that they snuck in. Uh, See, clearly I'm deep in prayer. She fell asleep. I I, I don't know uh, what happened there, uh, but that's... uh, I just wanted to show that picture. It just made me laugh. Uh, She's just full abandon. I I, I love that. Um, uh, But don't give us a hard time because I see you too. So... uh, (laughs) So here's the idea. Keep alert fully uh, with all perseverance. Perseverance, keep requesting, keep pleading, keep pressing in. But wait, what are we actually praying for? We said object of our prayer. Making supplication for what? What does it say in your text there? Is anybody reading their Bible right now? Is it just me? For for all the saints. Making supplication for for all the saints. So this is this is to me the unique twist in understanding prayer. See, we're in a culture that's pretty individualistic that's just like hey, it's kind of me and my personal relationship with God, it's about me and and bringing my make my requests known before him and 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 my conversation, but here's what I'd suggest is what scripture points towards is the idea of praying and lifting up the needs and cares of others within the body of Christ. When it's saying, it's not saying my Father who art in heaven, right? It's our Father who art in heaven. This is a a communal thing that he invites us to, and he's inviting us into intertwined relationships where you know what's going on in my life and you're praying for it, and I know what's going on in your life and praying for it, and we're in this together. That's the picture of prayer. That, that, that's, that, that's the idea, that's the design. And in case you're wondering how it's supposed to work in the body of Christ, it's not just you, keep going with your request because what happens then? It's pretty easy to get self-consumed and self-absorbed when you're only looking at your stuff. But when all of a sudden you start finding out what's going on in another, another brother or sister's life and lifting that up, it takes the attention off of a number one me and directs it towards others. That's what he's calling us to. The object of our prayer is praying for others. This is the way it's support, supposed to work. I'll pray for you, you pray for me. That, that, that's, the, that's God's design for this prayer thing. I'll pray for you, you pray for me. Say it to your neighbor right now with a little Italian accent there. You get, get the idea here. Takes the focus after, after me and combats our own selfish, self-centered tendencies. Our object of our prayer is others... The topic of our prayer, verse 19, says this, And also for me, I think it's pretty funny, just uh, just a moment there before we continue in that section, that he's saying, I want to make sure you pray for other saints and also me. Don't, don't forget about me. Like if Paul wants to make sure he's included, and then we see what his request is to be prayed for. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I find this section pretty fascinating to me because I think of myself, if I happen to be chained to a Roman guard in a Roman prison, I would likely be praying for what? Release right? Like, get me, get me out of here. God, God give me, provide freedom. Like, get, get me out of these shackles. Get me out of these chains. But what is he praying for? He's praying for boldness and words to speak. You see, you see he had a different perspective. They might have thought that, that he was chained to them, but in fact, they were chained to him. There's a difference in perspective there. He's praying, okay, God, how can you use me? Give me boldness. And anybody find any degree of of comfort in the fact that the Apostle Paul is praying that, that he's prone to timidity and didn't always know what to say to people? Anybody else find some degree of satisfaction in that? You're like, oh, that's good news. If if he's challenged in this area, then it's okay that I'm challenged. It's a prayer thing that we need to bring before our, our, our maker saying, God, help me with this. Give me words to speak. Give me the, the right things to do, uh, to, to say, how to interact. Give me a boldness because sometimes I think even when we're reading scripture, we like to elevate certain characters in the Bible and make certain people into heroes that here's the reminder of Scripture every time I dig in a little bit deeper. Guess how many heroes there are in this book? Just one. Just one. Jesus is the only hero. That's the thing. There's people that we can emulate and that are encouraging, but he's the the only one that had this down. Listen to what the Corinthians said about Paul. You maybe haven't read this before. 2 Corinthians 10.10. For they say, referring to Paul, his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak, and his speech is of no account. Interesting, huh? Very controversial. How many heroes in this book? One hero. The only way that we become the hero is the extent in which we're submitted to the Lord, and he's working in and through us. That's who gets all the glory and all the praise. So a thing, couple of things you can learn about his request. They teach us something. One, they teach us from moving from general to specific, not praying for peace for the world. He's saying he's moving towards specific things. He's getting past that. He's like, hey, I want you to pray that I'll have a boldness about me and I'll specifically know the right things to say. Isn't that cool? Like that 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 he's letting them in enough into his life. And I think that's what we as a church are called to is a level of relationship that we know what's going on with each other enough to be lifting each other up. If it's going to be that model, I'll pray for you if you pray for me, then it needs to be something where we're sharing, where we're coming uh, before each other and, go, and letting people know what's happening in our lives. So that's one of the highlights of this past year. For Actually, the last three years, we do these uh, different men's discipleship groups and uh, we have these uh, times our, our group meets in the morning, Thursday mornings at 6.15, uh, pretty uh, uh, bright and early. And one of the highlights of that, uh, and we have ladies' groups meeting, and so uh, one, of the, one of the things that I liked about that is you start to learn what's going on behind the scenes in ga- guys' lives. So you know how to specifically be praying for them. Like, I wouldn't know about Dwayne's really bad rash, Marty's wart outbreak or uh, Joe's lice issues. If we didn't have these, I'm just kidding about all those things, but but you get you get past the surface and you actually dig in and find out like, hey, these are things that that are real. This is what's a what's what's a burden to them, and that's what he's inviting us into here in community. It's not just a lone ranger thing in this prayer thing. He invites us to share specific things, and then also the the topic is not just specific, but also spiritual. Look what he suggests they pray about, that he'd be able to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. See, it's so easy to stick with just the the, the physical realm, praying for this person's health, praying for this person's resources, praying for this person's job situation. A lot of things that are, I'm not belittling those things, those are all important But I do think we can learn something from the object of his prayer that he moves from the the, the general to the specific, and the specific is spiritual in nature. Because you can have all those things taken care of, great health, great provision, but guess what? We're all headed to an end line, and the one thing that matters that goes past this lifetime is where we're at with our relationship with God. So that's why he focuses his prayer. He's like, you know what? I want to pray for boldness of proclaiming the gospel because I know that's the one thing that matters past this lifetime. So what's the object of our prayer? I would love to see us move past just the physical and the the peripheral things and move towards the spiritual. God, please give me a boldness to share with this person. God, I pray that you'd work in this person's heart that's so far from Jesus that you'd break down walls in their life and make yourself irresistible to them. God, please do that work. That's the, when you're wondering, how do I pray? Those are the things that should infiltrate our prayer life because he understood something I think sometimes we we miss. He says, for which I'm an ambassador in chains. In other words, he's in chains, but he's got a message to proclaim that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He understood in order for these spiritual things to come across to people, they actually have to be spoken. If it's the mystery of the gospel, it's not something that somebody's gonna just stumble upon. It's something that has to be clearly proclaimed. I was wondering if anybody has seen this quote before. It's uh, one that's used often. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words by St. Francis of Assisi. This is one that's often quoted. And at first glance, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's, that's good. I like us living like a, a good testimony, right? Like for sure, like we want our, our actions. But I would suggest that first off, they discover that he didn't actually say that. It was They don't even know who actually said it. So that's one thing. So they got to take his name uh, attached to it off. The second thing is, I think it's kind of missing the point. I think the gospel actually takes proclaiming because we're not the message, we're the messengers. Do you get that? If, as soon as you start thinking you're the message, that's pretty scary. Because if somebody watches me long enough, guess what? You're going to be disappointed. I'm not not that impressive. I'm like Paul. Like if somebody was with me at the AT&T store yesterday, you would have not said I'm the message. Like that, that, that that's why can't I return my wireless router here? Why do I have to mail it in? I'm here in the store with you now. But here here's the, the anyway, that's a side topic. You get the you get the idea. You see we're not the we're not the message. We're the messenger and if we don't communicate the gospel, the gospel is this. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm desperately in need of grace from Almighty God, and thank goodness he provided it through Jesus Christ. That's the message. I'm not the message. Don't get confused in this. And Paul understood that. That's why he's praying for that. Does that make sense what I'm explaining to you? So that, that, that's, the, that's the call. That's the topic of prayer, specific and spiritual Last thing, and I love that he practices what he preaches, is his closing, I wrote closing remarks, but it should have been closing prayer there, is he realizes that if we're going to do this whole, hey, you pray for me, I'll pray for you thing, they need to know some specific things going on. Look verse 21, he says, So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, bummer of a name, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he might encourage you, he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Great listen to this last line. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Kind of a cool picture this closing. The thing the picture there is that he calls them to do something. He says, "Hey, Pray for other brothers and sisters. Lift them up. How do you pray for them? They need to know specifically what's going on. If I'm going to tell you to pray for me, Paul's saying, here are some specific things you'll find out when my buddy Tychicus, whatever, however you pronounce that, uh, what's pretty cool is described as a beloved brother and faithful minister, is sent with them. He's he's specifically sent with them with the message. And look at the purpose of him being sent with an update is this update was meant to be an encouragement to them. When you hear, here's how the cycle works. We're sharing with each other what's going on in our lives. You hear, you pray for them. When you hear reports of what God's doing in somebody's life, that's meant to be an encouragement. When you start to hear that, man, look what God's done in this person's life. Oh, that's awesome. Then you share, oh, look what he's been doing in my life. That's the picture of what he's modeling here, and expected of believers it's intended as we share praise reports to lift us up in encouragement i had a couple of weeks ago we were preaching through that section if you remember here in ephesians talking about uh, obeying our bosses and some of our work relationships that stuff's very difficult and so i got an i got an email from a lady in our church you guys want to hear it it's kind of cool she was like she wanted to encourage with while she was applying some of this she said hey scott I just wanted to share that I am proof that the passage we looked at today absolutely works. Hey, that's good news. As you know, I'm a preschool teacher and I currently work at a secular school. Everyone at my job knows that I am a Christian. Nice job. I do my very best to honor God by honoring my coworkers and honoring my director. Even though I hear a lot of garbage being talked about my director behind her back, I always do my best to speak respectfully about her to others, even when I don't always understand or agree, agree with her decisions." I ask the Holy Spirit to keep my words and my actions in a check because I want to reflect Jesus in all that I do. God has opened up some wonderful conversations and opportunities to share about him. In this process, he has given me great favor. All of my coworkers treat me like I'm a supervisor because I have such influence with our director, even more than our current assistant director. When I started working there in January 2016, I was working at the after-school child care program, which is the least popular but had the greatest need. God told me to work well with all my heart and where I was needed. In the 18 months I have been there, God has since promoted me to a shift that I desired in the classroom I desired. He also prompted my director to pay for specialized certification for me while also blessing me with a 25% pay increase. Sweet. Pretty amazing. God truly rewards the honor and respect we give to those we work with. He alone gets all the glory. Pretty awesome, right? You You see this picture of us taking God's word, applying it to our lives, seeing him work in it, sharing those stories with each other, lifting each other up, I would suggest that's God's design for the body of Christ. That's his design for prayer. It wasn't meant to be a Lone Ranger sport with you sitting in a corner and trying to clock hours of prayer time. Like That's not it. He's saying, hey, make it a daily conversation interacting and guess what the conversation isn't about guess your, your walkie-talkie call isn't about m- more questions or, or 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 things about you it's about people on your list of relational your relational circle that's who we're lifting up that's his design he ends with doing exactly what he says he's praying a blessing on his audience there he says peace be to the brothers and love with faith from god the father and the lord jesus christ grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. All the things he's talked about in this passage, and the very last thing, and we'll end with this, I thought it was cool, he paints this picture, he says, with love incorruptible. I was trying to look that up, I was like, well, what is, that's, that's kind of a unique thing. Incorruptible, the, the idea of, of that picture is that obviously can't be corrupted or sincere or genuine or, or authentic. It's really the kind of love that we all long for, that's what he's saying. That's the kind of love relationship that we're intended to have with God. He created the way by sending his son, dying on the cross, that he provided the provision so that we could have relationship. Now that we have the potential for relationship, he's saying, take advantage of it. Enjoy it. Interact with me. Talk with me. Share what's going on. That's what he's invited us to I would suggest it's a pretty sweet offer that's on the table and a calling for each one of us to move towards. so how do we respond to this and get involved? learn what's going on with some of your peers hey what what's something I can be praying for you about what's what's weighing heavy on you how dwayne how's that rash doing like how asking asking people in your your network how you can be lifting them up and then going before the Lord and hopefully they'll get the idea. Ask you what's going on. Be lifting you up on prayer. And man, then all of a sudden, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. Not a bad setup, right? Let me pray as we close. God, thank you so much for your design for the church, your design for relationship. What's beautiful about this picture is it's a design of connectivity between us and you and also design of connectivity between us and others. Pray that that would sink in, that we would start to look for ways to apply this in our own life, that this wouldn't be a a message of guilt, but an invitation into significance and relationship and meaning. God, thank you for your grace with us as we try to get this all sorted out and figured out in our lives. God, thank you for the offer for this walkie-talkie potential for interaction with you. We praise you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
1: Twenty weeks ago when we started this series, Excuse me, I was inspired to write this song um, from the first chapter of Ephesians. So we thought we'd share it with you one more time as we close out our time. Would you stand up? Let's sing a little uh, paraphrase scripture, shall we? So. Peace and peace to you, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. Blessed be our God, for he gave us Jesus. and peace to you in the name of Jesus, Jesus. Join all heaven and earth, unity in Jesus, Jesus. children of glorious grace in him redeemed and by him forgiven trespasses washing away holy and blameless standing before him children of glory, Your grace in him redeemed and by him forgiven trespasses washing away oh Whoa. Whoa. Blameless, standing before Him, children of glorious grace. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. in Him redeemed and by Him forgiven, trespasses washed away.
0: what a cool song. Thank you guys for leading us in that. Well, I I pray you've been encouraged and blessed and challenged by this book that like I have been. I pray you apply these things that we're not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I pray you have a wonderful Sunday. As you're leaving today, if you want to help out with our deacons fund that helps some specific needs in our church, feel free to give to that. Otherwise, have a great week. God bless you.